Hello, hello. Uh, we're here again, talking, Indeed. chatting. Um, this week, though, what I really wanted to talk about, um, it's sort of been on my mind quite a bit, was you already posted on Monday um, a your podcast was covering a week in which you actually struggled. Yeah, the bad days. Yeah, the bad days. And I think that's a really important one. And what I wanted to hopefully chit-chat with you about today mm-hmm. was about how that looked like from a carer's or my perspective because you already broke that down on Monday about how that looked for you and what that was like for you. Okay. And I thought we could do a little bit of back and forth between and just talk about how that looks to people around mm-hmm. around you. To give a bit of perspective to um, people listening as to what that's like. Okay. All right. So, um, well, why don't we start with what did you see in the last week watching me? Yeah. Um, I'd be interested to to hear whether you would nod and, and agree with any of anything that I'm saying. So what I actually saw was you went very quiet. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to really engage. You were reluctant to want to talk. Uh, when I did engage with you, you almost came across uh, disinterested. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that you wanted to do. Um, and that went on for quite a few days. So – when you say I refuse to engage, what, what, what does that mean? What does that look like? Refuse is probably a little stronger word. It was you look disinterested is, is how it looks. Mm-hmm. So I might come up to you and ask you a question and you might just sit there quiet for a few moments and then you might answer. But your tone is very blank mm-hmm. and... I think from sort of the mannerisms and the tone in your voice, it would indicate that you're not interested in having a conversation. Okay. Do you recognise that? Um, or do you, or is it more that you're in that that moment where it feels like you've got dark clouds around you? No, at the time, I feel like I'm acting normally. When I look back on it, and when I look back on the video that I did earlier last week just by as an as an experiment um while i'm in it it's not that i am actively disinterested it's more it feels like i'm in the middle of a marathon and you or one of the kids come up to me and say okay i want to run a hundred meter sprint with you Mm. and it's just not in me. I'm in the middle of this marathon. I'm exhausted. Like your head. <laughs> yeah, emotional marathon, obviously. Mm, yeah. But um, yeah, it's never a conscious thought that oh, I just don't want to speak to people today. Mm. And likewise, it's never a conscious thought to uh, I'm going to stop being quiet. Um, I guess you've helped me to learn to recognize the times when I am quiet because um, you get more concerned. 
And I see that. I do. And I often wonder when I'm in the middle of it, why you're so concerned. Because mm. there's no difference to me between how I was a week ago to how I am today in my head and from my perspective. Because it's, it's so funny that you say that because where, where I am watching you, it's completely different. It's almost as though I'm getting a different person. So the week before I probably came to you, we, we, we would talk about little things. Um, to give some context, I'm, I'm working from home, so I'll often come to you just when I'm having a little break, when I'm having a little seat break, and come in and say hi, check in, what are you doing? <laughs> and then I leave you alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and normally in those moments, you would be a lot more engaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're happy to talk to me, might even have a cuddle or that sort of thing. But I sort of found in the past week, you just haven't really wanted any engagement and it's almost as though you're doing it out of um, trying to think of the word, you're sort of ticking a box. I'm talking to you, so I'm just going to have to answer and talk back. Right, and I might so, leave. <laughs> so it feels like it's an obligation that I'm when I talk. Yes, and that, that's not to make you feel bad. That's it's just an observation. Yeah, but we can't talk about this stuff and me not feel bad. <laughs> no, no, it's so it's such a hard one. So, do, what do you think brought it on? Because it seemed to come out of nowhere, didn't it? It does, and when I'm watching you, it it does really feel like it's coming out of nowhere and I don't understand why you're feeling sad. Sometimes I don't, I don't need to have a reason because I know that you'll just, you'll have times where they're more difficult than others. Mm -hmm. This one, you were more closed off and more shut down than normal. So I wasn't sure exactly where you were at. What did you need? Did you want anything from me? Don't want anything from me. (laughs) Mm. Um, And that's probably where the concern comes in because I'm not sure. And you, you weren't saying very much, so it's hard to get a read. Mm. It's kind of interesting because even as we're talking, I can feel something's different in myself. I've been always been excited about these talks, mm. but today it's there's almost an indifference. Um, for example, I'm supposed to do the TikToks every day. Mm. I can't do a freaking TikTok. <laughs> I can't even, you know, I'm supposed to be stupid and make people laugh and build the audience. But that's not what my mental illness will let me do at this stage. Mm. I think you, you almost have pockets, little pockets where you... You'll come out and engage, but then you'll go back there again. And they're they're always difficult, even after as many years as we've been together Mm. and that you've been suffering. I have to admit, I still find them difficult. It's it's almost as though I need to leave you alone for, for a week and let you deal with it and then come back. But I can't go anywhere because I live here, so. <laughs> well, and it's not, um, 
realistic to oh, no. let your spouse disengage mm. um, for a week. See, it's it's funny because you enjoy being by yourself so much. Mm. I do. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> and can keep yourself busy and motivated and engaged when it's just yourself. And I think we've built up the expectation in the marriage that you're the quiet one, I'm the life of the party, perhaps. Perhaps, mm. although we talked about that just the other day mm. and we sort of decided in some ways we've swapped roles. Mm. Um, I still always think at your essence you're still that the person who you always are. Mm -hmm. um, a lot more, a lot quieter, definitely, mm. 100%. And against your natural instinct, you'd probably avoid people more now mm. than you used to. So I'll ask again, do you think anything brought it on? Do you think that there was a, a trigger or do you think it's cyclical? It's just a natural cycle. Sometimes I do think it seems like a cycle. This one felt different because you seem to stay there for longer mm. than normal. I have, I have, I have been having a lot of trouble dragging myself out of this one. Mm. And see, I can see that. I know it's there. But I don't think from the perspective of people who are watching it, it ever makes it easier. Mm. Or how long you've been watching it for. I still don't think it makes it easier. So... How does it affect you when I have these times? How, do, Like you personally, are you able to switch off from it and just know that if you're patient, it's going to right itself? Are you just naturally concerned? I mean, what, what's going through your head with this? Probably a little bit of everything that you said because I know that you you either don't or can't engage with me. So normally I'll just go back to what I've done in the past, which is to back off mm. and to leave you more alone to deal with it. Because as we've talked about a million times, I can't, I can't fix it. I can't help you. Um, I can only let you know that I'm there and that I support you, but you know that. Mm. You know that. Mm. So it's more just letting you know that I'm there. I'm still happy to be in your company, even if you're sad, mm. which I do. Um, and we've got shows to watch in the evening, so I have to come into the lounge room. <laughs> I have to be in there too. <laughs> and you let me, you still watch the shows with me. <laughs> I think there's some comfort in the routine <laughs> and I love routine. Yeah. It, it is. It's, it's so difficult. Even today, I just have this overwhelming sense of failure mm. that everything is going down the toilet and I don't know and I can't do anything about it. Um, did you did you watch the episode this week? Have you seen it? 
See, I haven't had a chance to see it. Yeah, working full time. I wanted to before we had a chat, but because it's been interesting to me, the the voice in my head has been very clear this week and insistent that I need to take my own life. And as you know, the only reason I don't tolerate that or try to entertain it is because my reason to stay is so strong, which is you. But it's the first time in a long time that, like I looked at the, 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 the yellow pills that I take every once in a while when I get too anxious, and I was like, just take the whole bottle. And it was really surprising to me because it hasn't been that blatant in a while. Mm. And I've not been tempted as I was. Just for a split second, just to go, yeah, that would be a nice peaceful way to go. Um, yeah. Mm. But yeah, I I haven't. It's it's been it's been tough. I mean, I it, it's interesting because what I asked what if you'd seen the episode because even I in it I talk about how good the week has been. Mm. You know, our our um, instas are blowing up. I spoke at school five six times. Uh, did a great got great. Feedback on the podcast, but as we but as we know, it doesn't need to be a good week. There don't don't need to be good things happening in your life for you to be, um, to then be sad. You can still be sad, and great things are happening for you. Mm. They're not. They don't go hand in hand like they do for most other people. Because it was interesting. Because I felt like I was taking on too much when I was speaking at the schools three times a day, I was very concerned that I was taking on too much and I was really surprised at how little it impacted mm. at the time. Yeah. Um, and then I think did an interview and did, there was a lot of stuff going on and it just, I just out of the blue, I just was like, what's the point of all this? But I don't think it needs to have a reason. Oh, I do think that we've been talking more about um, work, generating income, um, things around financials, and I think that's always, even for people without mental health issues, that's always a hard thing to have conversations about. It's always difficult because it always brings things to your mind and... I know that you personally find those conversations hard because it makes you feel like a failure in yourself. Well, it's the not being the 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 major breadwinner in the family, um, and at times not being able to bring in any income. Um, so it's a funny thing that people don't understand is is how little support you and I have had 
through all this. Mm. Um, I remember I was playing squash with a lawyer and he said, what do you do for a job? I said, I work in the radio part time. And he said, oh, you got a huge settlement, did you? I said, for, for what? For your PTSD, the incident that happened. And I don't, I don't remember the circumstances that I told him the story. Um, but I said, no, we didn't get anything. We didn't get one red cent. We got a bit of work cover. And then a couple of years later, I had a breakdown and we got a bit of a payout through um, super. Yeah. But apart from that, we've really just been scraping by and, and it's been your hard work and your ability and your success in your workplace. It's made it so that we're able to stay afloat. Mm. So it's not the conversation that hurts. It's when the spotlight is on that because mm. that always hurts. Um, yeah, the lawyer said, oh, you, that circumstance, you would have got a massive payout. And remember a couple of weeks after we were told by the lawyers that the New South Wales government had just passed a law to make sure that people that got hurt at work didn't get a payout. And that teacher in Victoria who was threatened by a kid in a classroom, kid said he had a knife in his desk. Mm, yep, it, I remember that. Yeah, didn't even, yeah. didn't, the guy didn't even see the knife mm. and he got a $750,000 payout. As, and, well, as we always said, you got hurt in the wrong, the wrong state. Yeah. <laughs> Australia's a bit like that with um, its own states making different laws, but I think a lot of countries have that as well. Uh. Yeah. So maybe the the trigger, and we talk, you and I talk about that a lot. What was the thing that started it? And I and I sometimes think a lot of people might be of the mindset that you're just sad. You have a mental you have a mental illness. You're just sad. Mm. There's no reason for it. But sometimes there there is a trigger. Mm. There is a thing that makes you sort of cascade and keep going. And I was thinking that it was, it was the, on this occasion, it was to do with financials, trying to get things moving, trying to get things um, running more successfully. You've applied for a job this week, mm. last week. <laughs> I feel like the weeks are blending into each other working from home, to be honest. So in this time where you've kind of backed off from me a little bit, how do you, what do you do to take care of yourself and the kids? It's just life as usual. I will ask less of you. Mm. I'll demand less of you. I will keep our conversations very, very particular. Or I'll come in and suss out where you're at and decide how much conversation we can have together. But I find it easier for you and for me if I just leave you to sort it. I do. So I'll handle all the kids' things, anything they want to ask, anything that they need. But it is different. Like You have to remember it's different from how it used to be because in the past um, 
I would have to tell the kids not to come in and see you. I would have to make sure you had this bubble around you when nothing came into your world and I would just occasionally come and talk to you or ask you things. Mm. Otherwise, as far as you were concerned, there was no problems. Everything was was just fine. Mm. And that has changed. Yeah. It's not the same. And I think in some ways it's it's harder when you then have have a few days where you're not doing well because I get used to it. Get used to the good me. I get used to talking to you, bouncing things off you, just coming in and bothering because, because, just because, because I can. Mm. Um, and then not being able to have that and it go on for an extended period of time, which is unusual now. I find that difficult. Well, that, I mean, it makes sense that everything we're saying today makes me sound like an ass. So. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's just the reality of having mental illness and how that shows to everyone else. I would think that perhaps the kids have barely noticed. That would be my thought. Because at times you do still put into place the fake it till you make it. And you'll still muck around with the kids. So how would they know there's anything different? Which I wouldn't have been able to do in the past, yeah? That's right. In fact, I would make sure that they didn't come anywhere near you just so you didn't have a trigger with them doing anything, anything kid-related that could be a problem. Mm. Because for you, you had to get healthy just living life. No, I mean, the just listening to you talk reinforces to me how lucky I am to have you. Um, I think the takeaway should be how much better you are and how far that you've come mm. from there to here. Yes, it's been a hard week and it has. And I really don't think you're out of the out of where you've been, I think you're no. still there. <laughs> so tell me hard, has it been hard because I've been angry and upset or hard because I've been distant? Hard because you've been distant. Which is better than what you used to do. You said I used to always just come across as really angry. Mm, that's true. Or you were your angry version, angry Mark. Grumpy me. Grumpy you. <laughs> That's right. No, you're just distant and you you show no emotion. So I don't know how you feel about things. You know, are you hungry? Are you itchy? What do you want? What do you need? Do your pockets hurt? Yeah, they probably do, but probably do. <laughs> what do you want? Sometimes I just want to shake you. What do you want? <laughs> so... What is your plan now to wait? What What is your plan now that this has gone on for a bit longer than normally? And I feel that. 
what what is your plan going forward? Like, what are your thoughts? Are you just rolling with it? Are you able to just say, "Hey, it's a day to day thing. He will bounce back, so it's okay." Or is it like, "Okay, we're on emergency stations until something happens to fix him." I think you would work it out. However, because it's slightly out of character now, mm. I would probably start talking to you about strategies that you can use. What can you do? Let's try and pinpoint what the problem is. Let's talk about the problem. Because if we can pinpoint where it's coming from and we talk about it, even though it's hard, voicing it can make it easier for you. Okay. Because there may be things about what initially triggered it that you hadn't thought of. And sometimes in your own head when you can draw almost a line to what the real, real issue is. Mm. Because you'll often hear people say, um, I've got so many issues. You know, they've probably got like 10 issues, yeah? Mm. But really, when it comes down to what the core problem is, everyone usually has one or two. There's one or two things that's really the core problem. And often for you... Once you figure out what that core problem is for you, that's when you come back out of it because you go, oh, that was, that was it. That was why I was feeling so crap. And you can then fix it in, in how you think about that. And that's how you, that's how we'll get through that. Right. Okay. Starting to hate these chats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling okay. <laughs> I mean, and and that is just super impressive. In that, you you said in previous podcasts that we've done that you don't follow me into my emotions, and you've really not done that. No, keeping in mind that I used to in the beginning. If you were sad, I was sad. You do have a very big personality that fills a room. So it can be difficult for people to not go there with you. Same with our eldest daughter. She's the same. Um, her essence just fills the room. So if she's sad, everyone else is sad with her. But you can't afford to do that and I can't afford to do that. You know, we've got three kids who who need us, so... It can't be about me and it can't be just about you either. But in the end, we will figure it out. It was my idea to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, was there any other questions that you had about it? I know you said that you're excited to... Ask me a couple of things. Have you asked oh, what you wanted? I think excited's a strong word I mean, to be you using. Were, you, were, you were interested. Interested. Um, I have actually, I more wanted to talk it through a little bit more oh. and talk it through because I often find that people with mental health are in their own head. And they already know how they're feeling about things, but there is often very little room to think about 
how their behavior or how their sadness then on impacts other people and how other people see it. Mm-hmm. Now I know, mm. but I don't know whether you find it interesting now that I would start talking to you and prodding you to try and see if we can move you past feeling like you're in a bit of a storm. So trying to take you out of that storm. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I trust you completely and more often than not, your advice is always poignant and hits the mark and that's always good. Mm. Yeah. I I hate, I hate <laughs> feeling like this. I'm so sick of it. Well, you also find it quite exhausting, which it is. It's just, you know, imagining feeling sad all the time, trying to figure it out in your head, trying to battle things. It would be exhausting. But hopefully our next chat can be about maybe coming out of that or it could be something completely different. Keep people guessing. They'll have to tune in to find out. That's how that works. <laughs> Was there anything else that you wanted to mention about today's? No, I think I'm okay. I think I'm good today. All right. Yeah. Well, as always, thank you for everything. No, no, thank you. I know. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Shattered, the podcast. I'd like to thank our producer, Meredith Brosnan, our executive producer, Torian Lau, and the band Adelaide for allowing us to use their song as our theme. Go to shatteredthepodcast.com for more information. Thanks, everyone. Subscribe, like, and share.